Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, my name's Leo. I never did well in school. In fact, I got held back once. Most of the time, I'd pass my classes just because my teachers took pity on me. Or because I was nice to my classmates that they let me copy their answers during exams. I'm not proud of it, but I did my best. Only, no matter how much I studied or how many times I read my books, Things just didn't stick. That's why I never really got into college. I figured out early on that school wasn't my forte. What I was really good at, though, was dealing with people. I could talk to them easily and could relate to most people from pretty much any walk of life. And when I talked, people would listen. And that's how I got into sales. I thought it'd be a walk in the park. With my skills and my charms, I knew I'd be making millions in no time. Unfortunately, it turned out people were over door-to-door sales, so I went into call centers. I had all the makings of a great salesman. I had the skills, and after a month of training, I had the know-how. If only people would listen to me, I knew I could persuade them to buy what I was selling. But before I could even say what I was selling, every single one of the people I called would hang up the phone. Turned out, people were tired of call centers trying to sell them stuff as well. I had a girlfriend at the time, and her name was Gabby. Gabby was a great girl. She had her moods, and she was impatient, but when she was sweet, she was sweeter than sugar, and I knew she loved me just as I loved her. The only problem was that Gabby was an only kid, and her dad spoiled her, and I couldn't. You see, Gabby was born into a very successful family. They were kind of celebrities. Everybody knew Gabby's dad is that one architect who turned our horrible, crumbling downtown into an international icon. He single-handedly was responsible for designing and building our city's scenic skyline. The fact that I was dating such a world-renowned architect's daughter was both a blessing and a curse. Of course, everyone expected more of me, and the moment they find out that Gabby was dating a loser who couldn't even make a good living, they laugh. I try to smile whenever people judge me, but all that matters is what Gabby and I have. Well, that was until Gabby started complaining. But why? Why aren't we attending the gala? I go every year. Sweetheart, Gabby, I can't afford it. I can barely afford to pay rent and get myself groceries this month. Much less get a suit and rent a limo for us like you wanted. And the dress you want, it's... 
it's all too much. Sounds like a you problem, Leo. And besides, I told you, Dad can... I already said, I'm not taking any more of your dad's money. He'll only use it to manipulate me even more. He'll keep making fun of me to his friends. I want to impress him, Gabby. I want to gain his respect so he can finally admit that I'm worthy of his daughter. And borrowing money from him every time I can't afford anything isn't going to help that goal. Gabby sulked all night and all week. She badly wanted to go to that gala. But no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't make enough money to do it for her. I wasn't getting any commissions at all, and I was barely sleeping. I was up all night trying to do side hustles that could at least pay me more than I was getting. Unfortunately, no matter how good I was at talking to people, it wasn't any good if nobody would listen. Until I stumbled into real estate. There, more people would listen to me talk. Because the people I dealt with were already looking for something to buy. All they needed was someone who could convince them to do so. I was a roaring success. Not a month after I got my license, I closed my first deal. It was only a rental, but I talked the couple into renting long-term instead of short-term like they originally planned. It was such a rush. I was doing so well at closing rental deals, I got promoted to doing property sales in less than a year. And there, I really shined. I was making a lot of commission, and I was finally able to afford taking Gabby to the place she loved to go. I could buy her all the nice clothes she wanted to wear, and if she wanted to dine out at some fancy restaurant, I proudly footed the bill without batting an eye. In no time, I was able to put up my own real estate agency, and my partner was my best friend, Colt. We'd known each other since middle school, and we've always been great working together. Colt would track down potential clients, and I would close the deal. It was great for a time, until one day we ran into a fierce rival company. Everything we tried to sell, they would somehow get in on it first and sell it from under us. I was certain everything they were doing to steal our property leads was illegal, but we could never prove it. And every single time Colt would discover a high-value property we could sell, the Galloway brothers and their agency would somehow find the buyer before we could even put up our for-sale posters. Cash was running low. And Gabby was complaining again. I was so stressed, I broke down. We were at a coffee shop trying to find a way to make our first sale in six months when this kooky old man approached Colt and I. Hey, you guys. You're the platinum property guys, aren't you? Oh. Hi, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, we are. I heard of Joe from people in the industry. Everyone knows him. He walks around the city with his binder of so-called properties, and he tries to get any agent to sell them for him. Nobody really believes he owns any of them. After all, how could such a dirty, barefoot old man who's essentially homeless actually own a single property, much less an entire binder of them? So, we just smiled at him wearily and waved him off. Another time, Joe. We're really busy coming up with a strategy right now. There's a big bridge deal we're trying to land, and we just know the Galloway brothers are going to try to steal it. Yeah, but first, we got to find a way to find out who owns the property that's keeping the bridge from being built. Ah, those idiots. Well, that's okay. But when you want to look in my binder, you know where to find me. See you, Joe. A week later, Colt found us a great lead. It was a great piece of land that was up for auction. 
The best thing was, it was located in a very valuable piece of town with a view of the beach. I immediately put in a bid, but the Galloway brothers kept outbidding us. In the end, they pulled out suddenly and we'd overpaid for it. They were just bidding on it so the price would go up. It sold for a million bucks, and when we got to the place, it was basically 20 square meters of land. The rest of the 2,000 square meters we expected to get was a massively steep cliff of solid rock that we couldn't build on. We were scammed, and I should have seen it coming too. Well, that's what I always say when I get tricked. It's not the first time it's happened. In fact, Gabby once threatened to leave me when she found out that I kept getting scammed. But now, now that I'd lost all my money to one stupid scam, I can only look down on my shoes as I let her slap me and get her anger out. Again? How many times? How gullible are you? Just the other day, some guy stole your phone because you were too kind to tell him to go find a payphone. And two months ago, that maid you hired who gave you a sob story ended up stealing all my jewelry and the TV. And the month before that, remember when you paid that landscaper up front and she ripped you off and disappeared before any work could be done? You have to stop trusting people too much. Seriously. Now all that money you made selling properties is gone. And what do you have to show for it? Some rocky cliff? I'm done, Leo. You're simply too dumb to make any money. My dad was right. You're a total idiot. If you ever want to succeed in business, you're going to have to grow a brain cell or two. You stupid idiot. Now I have to cancel the Maldives trip. Ugh. I'm done. Goodbye. People laughed at me. Wherever I went, people who knew me knew Gabby or her family would point and laugh. The other agents would make fun of the way I'd bought an unusable piece of land for a million bucks. Even my best friend couldn't take it anymore. He packed up his stuff and joined the Galloway brothers. That was the last blow. I was going to give up until I saw that folder that Colt and I were working on. The big deal we were trying to land. I worked my butt off, and I made a presentation I was sure was going to win. And it almost did. But it turned out, Gabby's dad also knew about the project, and he used his influence to get it. Even though he never showed up to make a presentation for the city council. I walked down the streets depressed, and I looked at the unfinished bridge that could have been an amazing floating public park had I won. And I cried. Out of nowhere, Kooky Joe appeared. And... I don't know. I was just desperate to think of something else that I finally looked at Joe's binder. And when I saw it, my heart stopped. The reason nobody could ever finish that bridge was because one man owned a small piece of land that he refused to sell. That man was Joe. That afternoon, Joe sold me that land for a dollar. He said it was because I was the only guy who was ever kind to him. I got a huge smile on my face the next morning when I saw Gabby's dad was calling me. He realized that the only way he could finish the bridge was if I sold him that plot of land I'd just bought from Joe. I'll buy it. Name your price. And I did. And the price was $2,500,000. I wanted to give Joe half of it, but he refused. Instead, he only took back another dollar. So now, I was richer than the Galloway brothers. And with more capital, I can easily beat them in any deal. Everyone who used to laugh at me is now begging me for loans. Even Colt pleaded for me to take him back. But 
I have new friends now. Loyal, kind friends. Oh, and Joe and I hang out all the time now. Turns out he's a billionaire too. Ever since I was in high school, I wanted to start my own business. The idea of becoming the boss of my own company and managing a group of employees under me really fascinated me. When I told this to my dad, he looked at me as if I had lost my mind. Ethan, just focus on your studies and find a proper job. You already know that we can't afford to invest in some risky business. He shook his head. It's already hard enough to pay for your school. I never asked you to invest, Dad, I told him. I've done some research, and I think I can take out a loan, and... You'll do no such thing! Dad suddenly interrupted me. We're already under a huge debt. Don't make things worse. That was the end of the conversation. It was clear that my family wasn't going to support me in my decision. So, I moved out as soon as I turned 18. I only had a meager amount of savings with me, which I used to rent a small room in a shady part of the city. And obviously, I didn't have money for college, so that was out of the question. But I wasn't going to give up on my dream. I spent about two weeks in my cramped room, forming a business plan and presentation. I was confident about my ideas. Now, I just had to impress the bank manager and take out a loan to get started. I was stopped at the entrance of the bank by the security guard. He measured me from head to toe, narrowing his eyes at my clothes. This isn't a place for homeless people. Eh, go back, he sneered. I excuse me? I glared at him. Is that how you talk to your customers? I'm here for some work. He blocked my way and started arguing with me. Just then, a man wearing a crisp black suit stepped out of the bank. My eyes fell on his ID card. He was the bank manager, Daniel. What's going on? What's all this ruckus? Daniel frowned and then took in my appearance. What's with those filthy clothes? Who allowed you to come here? I was shocked at his tone. Um, I'm sorry, but how does my coming here relate to my clothes? I'm just a regular customer of this bank, and I wanted to take out a loan for my business. I made a detailed proposal and wanted to discuss it with you. Daniel started laughing. <laughs> Are you serious? Customer of this bank? I bet you don't even have a single penny in your account. That was true, but he didn't have to humiliate me for it. Who the heck made this rude guy the bank manager? He snatched the papers containing the business details from my hand and tossed them in the dustbin. I froze in my spot, unable to form words. Stop wasting my time, he yawned. This bank is no place for illiterates like you. The security guard started dragging me away from the entrance. My body was trembling with rage. You're going to regret this, I yelled at Daniel. I'll come back again and get you kicked out of here. Then we'll see who's the real illiterate one here. He just rolled his eyes. Yeah, 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 keep dreaming. I got back home and fell into despair. What happened at the bank was something I could never have anticipated. That guy not only insulted me, but also belittled my dreams. I was feeling hopeless and defeated. When my doorbell suddenly rang. That was weird. I never get visitors. I opened to find two women standing in front of me. Um, hi, I'm Jessica, Daniel's wife, and this is my daughter, Bella. 
the older lady introduced while pointing toward her daughter. I crossed my arms across my chest. What? Did Daniel send you to ridicule me further? Go ahead and make fun of my living conditions. I want to see what you come up with. Oh, no. Please don't lump me together with that loser. Bella made a face. I'm already ashamed to be related to him. Huh? Was she being serious? We saw everything that happened at the bank, Jessica said sadly. I'm really sorry about Daniel. I must have been really out of my mind when I fell in love with that man. Seriously, Mom? Bella sighed, touching my arm. You should have chosen someone like Ethan. He's so cool and composed, not to mention insanely smart. Jessica smiled. Well, I can always choose him now. My eyes widened. Uh, just what was going on? Both of them started laughing when they saw how puzzled I was. Sorry to confuse you. I was talking about your business proposal. Jessica waved some papers in front of me. Bella and I picked it out from the trash, and it was definitely worth it. This is a genius plan. We're interested in investing. My jaw dropped. Uh, wait, what? You mean you want to fund my startup? Yes, Ethan. Bella nodded, coming closer to me. We really like your ideas. And I think it's going to be successful. If funding is the problem, then leave it to us. Could this day get any more bizarre? First, I was kicked out by the bank manager, and now his wife and daughter wanted to help me? Well, I wasn't complaining. It's not like I had anything to lose, so I thanked them and agreed to their suggestion. And within the next few days, I had my own office in front of the very same bank that had refused my entry. Bella and Jessica may have helped me with it, but I was still very careful not to waste a single penny. My lifestyle hadn't changed. I was surviving on instant noodles and wearing rag-like clothes. Any and every profit that I made from my business was reinvested back into it. Of course, my work didn't go unnoticed by Daniel. Him and his stupid colleagues were obsessed with me. Yeah, obsessed is the right word for it. They couldn't just leave me alone. They made it a point to stop by my office every day and make sarcastic comments in front of my clients and customers. Thankfully for me, my clients had brains and didn't pay attention to them. One day, they played a really humiliating prank on me. I came to my office and was bathed with dirty sewage water as soon as I opened the door. I heard loud laughter and looked up to find Daniel and his friends watching me and clicking pictures on their phone. Would you look at that? Is that a new trend among homeless people these days? Daniel sneered. <laughs> your childishness makes me believe that you're back in 8th grade, Daniel. I smirked. Make sure you take your lessons properly this time. Don't want you growing into an illiterate and immature adult again. Daniel fisted his hands, looking embarrassed as his colleagues snickered at him. But how dare you? Do you think you can... Tad, stop this nonsense! Bella came rushing to my side and gasped when she saw my state. Bella? Uh, what are you doing here? Daniel asked in surprise. I'm here to see Ethan, she replied angrily. I can't believe I just witnessed you pulling pranks on a guy who's like half your age. Are you really that insecure? Uh, 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 what? 
Daniel's eyes flashed. How can you take his side? I'm your dad! I wish you weren't! Bella yelled at him and I felt sorry for her. I glanced around and noticed Jessica standing in a corner and watching everything silently. She seemed to be equally mad, but her eyes were glued onto Bella's hand that was holding mine. Why did she seem... jealous? Maybe I was just imagining things. I see now! You've been using my daughter's kindness for this crappy business of yours! Daniel glared at me. No matter what you do, you'll never be worthy of her! Don't even get any funny ideas in your head! Shut up! You have no right to say that! Bella intervened. Daniel just huffed and walked away, his minions following after him. Bella turned to me with sad eyes. I'm so sorry, Ethan. You don't deserve to be treated this way. It's fine. It's not your fault anyway. You've already done a lot for me, and I'm really grateful. I can't wait until the day I can pay you back. Bella opened her mouth to protest, but was interrupted by Jessica, who came and just hugged me without warning. Whoa! I'm really dirty right now! I exclaimed. I don't care! Let me just have this moment, Ethan! Jessica sobbed. I'm feeling so ashamed on my husband's behalf! Bella pulled her away from me. Mom, are you crazy? Go and talk to your husband if you're that concerned. Leave Ethan alone. Jessica frowned. You're still a kid, Bella. Stay out of this. I watched the two of them in shock as they argued back and forth. Why did it feel like they were competing over me? Whatever. Jessica turned away from Bella and handed me a business card. This is the bank director's contact. He's a really good man. You should talk to him. After she left, Bella grabbed my hand. Ethan? I'm not as influential as my mom, and I can't do much to help you. But I really like you. Will you go out with me? I'd understand if you want to say no. Why would I say no, silly? I smiled and shook my head. I like you too, Bella. And no, it's not because you're helping me or because you're rich. I like you as a person. It'd be a pleasure to date you. That's how Bella and I started dating. Jessica didn't seem very pleased with this and tried to always cause a rift between us. But I ignored her and focused on my business, which had really taken off within a matter of weeks. I was now rich enough to live in a bungalow, wear branded clothes, and drive a Lambo. People were queuing up in front of my workspace for job interviews. The same bank employees who used to mock me were now jealously eyeing my Lambo. Some even applied for a job in my company, but of course I had no use for jerks like them. Now there was only one thing left to do. Meeting the bank director with a very special business proposal, I entered the bank, only to come face to face with Daniel again. Who lets you in? You won't get any loan from this bank! He shrieked. Security! Throw him out! I'm here to meet the director, I said calmly. This world doesn't revolve around you. Get out of my way. But he didn't listen. Once again, the security guard dragged me out. My employees were enraged to see this and started a massive protest rally right outside the bank. Daniel's face went pale. I bet he wasn't expecting this. The media arrived to cover the protest and moments later, the director arrived too. He immediately walked up to me and escorted me inside. Daniel was sweating buckets at this point. 
My meeting with the director was not about getting a loan, but rather, I wanted a stake in the bank. Everything went smoothly, and I was able to sign the deal. Everyone was summoned inside, and the director announced me as the majority shareholder. And so the power to take decisions is with Mr. Ethan, he told everyone. And I almost laughed out loud when I saw Daniel's face. He knew he was doomed. This bank will now work on providing loans to young entrepreneurs. And we want employees who recognize talent. And you? I pointed at Daniel. You're fired. And so are your minions. What? You can't do this! He protested. He can, and he did, Bella said, coming to my side and flaunting her engagement ring to the crowd. What do you think now, Dad? Isn't he very worthy of me? She let out a sarcastic smile. Daniel was speechless. Just then, there was a loud shriek and Jessica emerged from the crowd, looking frustrated and angry. And I'm leaving you, you sorry excuse of a human! She tossed the divorce papers at his face. I couldn't help but recall the day I had first met him. I told him he'd regret it. The doors to the mansion opened, and in walked two stylists. They had five assistants each, and each assistant pushed two racks of designer clothes, accessories, and shoes. In no time, our living room turned into a walk-in closet of the finest in French and Italian fashion. Oh. My. God. I could get used to this. I want the red Chanel dress! You wish? I saw it first. Fine. You have it. It won't fit you anyway. My new stepmom and stepsister's eyes grew wide. If they could drool right then and there, they would have. I could see the envy, the greed in their faces. They had never seen someone spend that much for clothes. They had never seen anyone be treated like a VVIP. But for me, that was how every day went. My name's Ewan, and I was fortunate enough to be born into a very fortunate family. I lived like a prince since I was a baby, but that doesn't mean I'm spoiled. My mom and dad made sure I grew up knowing the value of a dollar, and how every single cent I spent needed to be something I worked for. Doesn't mean I don't spend it on ridiculous things, just means I worked hard to spend ridiculously. One of the downsides of being mega rich is that I'm constantly surrounded by the wrong people. Sure, I have close friends that I've trusted forever, but there's always people who will try to take advantage of me. A lot of them are girls who want a shortcut to an easy life. Newsflash! Money doesn't make life easier. When I was in high school, the most popular and prettiest girls asked me to prom. I said yes to one of them, thinking I'd met the love of my life. Turned out, she just wanted to get a ride on my Porsche so she could have an awesome entrance on the red carpet. The moment we went into the venue, she barely spoke another word to me. She just left me there. <sighs> Alone. She even told everyone why she asked me to prom, and it was really embarrassing to be used for your money. I developed a really low self-esteem after that. Fast forward to a decade later, and I'm still dating girls who just want what they can get from me. My girlfriend Serena used to be really sweet, but the moment she learned how much money my dad had, that's all she cared about. She would go on massive spending sprees using my card. If I didn't get her what she wanted, or if I don't give her the most lavish gifts, she would pout and give me the cold shoulder. There was one time when she didn't talk to me for a whole month just because I forgot to buy her the right bracelet she wanted. 
That same weekend, she cheated on me with my best friend just to teach me a lesson. <sighs> but what can I do? I love her. And I guess that's why I date who I date. Because throughout my life, I was never able to believe that someone would love me for who I am. Not for my bank account. I was the only child, so the girls I attracted tended to be those who wanted to marry an heir. I say was, because now dad has brought home a new mom for me and two stepsisters. I'm getting really bad vibes from them. I don't know why. I can't quite put a finger on it. But I just feel like there's something... off with them. Anyway, my stepmom's name is Lori, and her two daughters are Cheyenne and Kayla. They just appeared out of nowhere one day. Dad said he met Lori in Vegas. <sighs> Says it's all a blur. They must have fallen in love and were in a whirlwind romance, because Dad said he woke up in his hotel one day and they were married. So anyway, he brought them to our house so they can live there too. They said they had their own businesses and that they come from money. But I'm protective of my dad. He's got a weak heart. Especially after mom passed. So I sent a private investigator to find out the truth. And the truth will shock you. Because I found out that they had no money. They were all flat out broke. And even more, my stepmom and my stepsisters are not related. At all! Yep. Dad had been hoodwinked. Scammed into welcoming even more gold diggers into our house. What's worse is now that dad's health is declining... They've got their eyes on me. I guess Dad didn't put them in the will. I didn't have the heart to tell him the truth. I regret that I didn't. I just didn't want him to go while being heartbroken. So their only hope of getting Dad's money is if they fooled his heir, too. Well, joke's on them, because I was two steps ahead. Only a week after we said goodbye to Dad, Tori began making her feelings known. And when my pretended stepsisters saw that Tori was making her move, they kicked into high gear, too. Suddenly, I had three gold diggers after me. Well, four, since we need to count my actual girlfriend. They actually got into a catfight one evening because Serena caught Lori, Kayla, and Cheyenne hitting on me. What is this? What in the name of Sweet Home Alabama is happening? Why are your stepmom and stepsisters trying to kiss you? Babe, it's not what it looks like, I swear. They've been trying to get me to dump you. I was trying to push them off, but they won't leave me alone. How is this disgusting? Hello? We have as much of a right to him as anyone does. Ugh, gross. You're like decades older than him. And you're his mom. Step mom. We're not even related. And she's not our mom. You think this beauty could ever come from that old hag? How dare you talk to me like that after I included you in this gig? I will marry Ewan, and you'll never get your share of the money. Excuse me. I'm like, right here. Hello? I'm his actual girlfriend. If anyone's entitled to becoming his wife and inheriting all the money, it's me. Get out of here, you filthy gold diggers. I'd had it. I couldn't stand listening to people fight over money. None of them wanted to be with me. All they cared about was being rich. I wanted to explode. I wanted to tell them all to get out of my life. But I had a better idea. 
What they didn't know is that I told my girlfriend exactly what time to go to my house. She would catch them, and she would confront them, and it would lead to my plan. So, you're all fighting over me, but there can only be one winner. So, why don't you compete for real? The winner gets a date with me. A chance to prove why you deserve to be my wife. I'll smoke the competition. <laughs> As if, old timer. Are you kidding me? I'm the prettiest here. Of course I'll win. Why do I even have to compete? I'm already your girlfriend. The game's already begun. There's no turning back. Everything you do from now on will be judged by me. To start with... I'm hungry. And there's nothing for dinner. That was probably the first time I ever saw any of them in the kitchen. Before they would just let the maids do any work. And now, they were rushing to make the best dinner they had ever made in their lives. Tori made roast chicken with vegetables. Cheyenne made sushi. Kayla made dumplings and noodles. And Serena... Well... She made something that kinda resembled food. I think it was beef? They were all barely edible, but still I had to choose a winner. So, I chose Kayla. Simply because I liked dumplings and not because hers were any good. The next test came two days later, when I was having a craving for a specific kind of grapes. Ones that you could only find in northern Japan. The girls panicked. Tori called every grocer in the country. Kayla visited every vineyard for miles around. Meanwhile, Cheyenne called up all her contacts in the restaurant business, contacting all the specialty food suppliers she knew. Serena borrowed money from her parents to fly all the way to Japan to buy the grapes. Tori didn't find any. Neither did Kayla. Cheyenne found me the right grapes, and Serena... <sighs> well, she came back a day late looking like an anime character and showing up with regular grapes she got from the convenience store. It seems she spent all that money on other things and ran out of it. So in the end, I had to eliminate her from the game. The next competition was something I loved to do. Sailing. The girls all got their own catamarans and they had to race to get to me. I waited for them in the middle of the ocean in my mega yacht. And whoever got there first would go to the finals. From the shore alone, it was chaos. Cheyenne couldn't even get off the shore because she was too scared of the water. And even though Tori and Kayla had already technically won, they still battled it out. The funny thing is, as they raced towards me, Tori kept trying to crash into Kayla's boat, throwing her off course. She even boarded her vessel and sabotaged her, cutting off her main sails. Tori, of course, won. And she got to enjoy the afternoon on the yacht. I decided she won the whole thing since the other two were disqualified for never reaching the yacht. And I took Tori out on the most extravagant dates on Monaco. I shut down an entire restaurant overlooking the harbor and the sunset. I ordered all the most expensive food, the priciest drinks, and at the very end, the gold-dusted premium desserts only the richest can afford. Tori had an amazing time. She gorged herself on everything. She felt victorious. She was so certain that she was going to be the wife of a billionaire. Until I got up from the table. So? You've won. Congratulations! You've proved that you're the best gold digger. You were willing to go to any lengths to get my money. 
I have to compliment you on your dedication. Anyway, I look forward to our wedding. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go to the little boy's room. Go ahead. I'll be here, waiting for my prince. And she waited, and waited, until the restaurant closed, because I simply slipped out, ran to my yacht, and sailed away. I left her there, stuck with the restaurant bill for a hundred thousand bucks, and stuck in Monaco with no way to go home. After all, the best gold digger should be able to find her way out of it. Thanks to that experience, I met my future wife while sailing home. She was kind and funny. She worked on my yacht, and she didn't even know I owned it. We spent a lot of time together on the trip home. We fell in love. And, at the end, I told her who I was. And then I asked her to be my girlfriend. <laughs> she said yes.